but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball oh, was the Euro, different. The like, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. Kramash Patel here. Um, I'm currently coaching at Vettebuden Sparks in Sweden, which is a team in the top division, SBL, uh, professionally. Um, my history is I, I started coaching from when I was like really around 18, 19, when I was at university at Leeds. They gave me a scholarship to coach my final year. Came back to Leicester Riders. Uh, the general manager at the time was looking for someone to do community coaching and stuff. I, I turned down the job first because I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm not sure what I want to do. He offered it to me again. And then the second time I took it, <clears throat> did that for a year. Realized I don't want to coach like in primary schools and secondary schools about fun. I want to do it with some people, elite or technical or whatever. So I said at the end of the year, listen, I'm going to leave. There was, uh, there was nothing there elite wise. So I became a TA. And then that same summer I got the job as a TA, the women's coach at Loughborough, my harbour, offered me a job to be his assistant. Or I say job. He's like, you can come assist me free if you wish. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't mind. He's like, it's elite level, it's women, but at least it's elite level, something you said you want to do. So I said, yeah. So I worked as a TA eight till four and then drive to Loughborough every day from four till eight for free and coached that team with Matt, uh, assisted him. And then they let me coach the second team. We had a good year that year when I was volunteering. We won the championship with the, the women's team in Division One at the time. And then the second team finished second in the league, the highest they've ever finished. So off the back of that, Russell was like, look, would you want be interested in taking over a women's academy? I was like, we don't have one. He goes, yeah, we have four girls. And if you grow, if you grow it, you have a job. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, okay. So I spoke to my PE teacher at the time who I was getting advice from. Because uh, I think about, well, if I'm not going to be coaching, I would be a teacher. He goes, he asked me one question. He goes, Kramesh, can you be a PE teacher anytime? I was like, yeah, as long as you do the course. He goes, do you reckon you can be a basketball coach anytime? I'm like, no, there's only like a handful of jobs. He's like, well, you have to take the risk, you know? And then fast forward on, like we, I started a program with four girls. And then seven years later, we have 20, 21 girls, 22 girls in their academy. We won the, we've won multiple national championships. I've done well three on three, you know, you were there with one of them. Like, I've got to go around the world. I coached WBBRs, coached professional level in England. Um, and then I won the first piece of silverware for the women's in, in the riders. Then the national team with the GB20s, you know, had a good success there. So that was snowballed. And now, now, now I'm in, in Sweden. That's like a small snippet. Like, I could speak hours about where <laughs> I've gone and done, but that's 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 a, a nutshell of you know where my coaching journey started and where i am now beautiful um and how many uh players would you say roughly you've helped or helped or assisted get to the states i was i i got the question from you and i was like, oh let me just have a, a think back and i i track it back from all the girls from i don't know over the eight years plus a handful of boys which i've had to help in and step in i'm up i'm up about, about 42 kids i think i was counted in tow which which is a which is when you really reflect on it you don't think it's that many because it's like okay but i realize that that's that's a lot of, lot of kids out there you know doing what they want to do and they're all at various levels and stuff but like i said majority is all, all, all the girl stuff but i've had a handful in some of the boy stuff as well dang jeez that's a lot of Oh, bodies love it love to hear it um all right so let's get cracking man um 
why did you, uh, yeah, why did you think that the US basketball system was the best option for those players that you've helped get to the States? So my, my philosophy is very simple. When they come to me, and when they did come to me, I would ask them what they wanted to do in their future. You know, um, what was it? What did they want to get education? Did they want to play professionally? They want to experience whatever. It's all different reasons. But if they could justify to me what the reason, then I would try to help them what my I think the solutions were. Nine out of ten want to go to America because of the experience of being in America. It wasn't because of any many other things, but apart from me, I want to live the American dream, you know, as you hear. There are a handful that say I want to be a professional, so it's a different advice for them. And there are some that are like, honestly, Kramesh, I just want my education paid for, you know, and in America, they can do that. In England, they can't. But so people are open to options in England if they were paid for in the scholarship, but they're not. So the reason US becomes more appealing to me, especially for the girls, is that I can get your education paid for over four years and you can play basketball while you're doing it. And if the back of that, you become good at basketball or even better, you can find a professional job afterwards, but you have a degree and you have a fallback. But as most people know, even professional women, unless you play at the top, top, top level, it's not enough money to, to see out the rest of your life. So yeah. that's why them, the US is always optional and even Canada. But the key thing I say to all the coaches when I speak to them is like, I'm looking for a scholarship because if it's about paying, they, I'd rather they go to schools in England because it's the same and the education here is good. They're at home so on so on so on so the main reason i would say is i would help them is either they want that experience of going to america that's always a dream and i want to help them achieve that dream or i want the education covered and then basketball is a vehicle to help that education covered perfect i love it um can you break down the type of players that you've sent to uh college yeah i've i've gone from <clears throat> from guards to wings to bigs all to, to america i think what's the easiest is People always ask me, what's the easiest type of player that goes? So when I'm recruiting and I'm honest with them, guard is the hardest person. If you're small, even harder. You know, it doesn't matter how talented you are, it's just harder. I say to, I say to every player, if you're six foot one and above or six foot one above as a girl, come to me and I promise you, I think I can get you there. It's like, as long as I can give you the skills and you buy into it, it's a hot commodity, you know, to have a, a player of size in your team. And there's only a handful of them in the world. <clears throat> so that's a that's a the, the biggest success we are every big or forward I've had has ended up in America um, and then as we went on I started to look at the situation with girls and positioning guards and wings and what would be more successful what the American guards not have that we can give them that gives them a chance to make into that roster um, and then we started to have success with the guards and the and the wings with that as well so um, I've sent through one through five there but it's been easier with the bigs, more work with the guards. But if the guards have the right skill set, then they have a better chance. Oh, I love it. Um, and that covered both questions as well. I was going to ask you about specific <laughs> uh, uh, positions, but yeah, that's great. Um, what are the processes involved in getting a player sent to the States? So I think the first process is the biggest one. I think it's important is ask the players what they're looking for, because there are many schools in America, you know, there's NAIA, there's JUCO, there's college in Canada, there's all over America, there's Ivy League, not Ivy League, so on, you know. So the key thing is asking them, what are they trying to get out of it? Is it just to continue playing? Is it to get education? Is it to do a specific course? You know, is it to improve as a player? And then work backwards from there. <clears throat> so if somebody just wants to go and play, I will look at the, these are the schools I think you should look at. I want to get better. Okay, these are the schools I think we should explore. I really want to do an art degree. Okay, <laughs> these are the schools you want to get. There. We had a boy 
he only wanted to go to engineering. I was like, it's already hard for a boy to go. And he only wanted to go to a school that did engineering at a high level. But he, he stuck with it. So it's easier to go backwards because then you achieve something more successful, you know, and you're happy with that process. <clears throat> so that's where we start first. And then from there, we work backwards. So when I first started, if I had to ring and text and email so many places because they didn't know who we were or who, whether it was kids in England. And it was, it was hard going. Over the last few years, what I made sure I did was every coach I would talk or text or email, the conversation stayed fluid throughout the years. It wasn't just the one-off, hey, look at my kid. It was, if they kept in touch, I kept in touch. How's this going? How's that going? Hey, have a look at her. Or helping with other kids in England, whatever. Build that relationship with them. Then I can reach out to a handful of coaches I trust. And then also ask them the question, hey, I have this player. Where do you reckon she could fit in? Do you know the conference? Blah, blah, blah. So they help me as well. So it's working backwards from there <clears throat> and then getting, getting their content out there. So getting their tapes out there or getting, I, I do a player profile with every player I work with. On that profile, I write a little bit about them, about their grades, about their achievements. So all the coaches, I, I know the questions they're going to ask. So on this profile, all these coaches have them. So now you're more appealing rather than an email, hey, I want to come. Okay, then the coach has to spend, like you said, four hours. Yeah. What's your GPA? What's this? This process allows the coach to have that. Then all they're doing is, okay, now I need to watch you a little bit more or talk to you. You know, mm. so that that helps them in that, in that transition phase. So it's always working backwards and it's there. But I say to kids, I'm honest, I never promise anyone you can go to America, never. But I said, what I can do is reach out to people that I trust and know and you know, or we can get to know and let them see what they say to us. Hey, she's great. Or, hey, she's too slow. Or, hey, she's not big enough. Or, hey, I don't think she's in the high enough level. And you take that feedback and then you adapt to that. You either try to find something at a lower level or you find a good situation in England because there are many good situations in England or even in Sweden right now. Fair enough. That little plug for uh, for, for Sweden. Uh, I already started the process here. <laughs> yeah, because... It's a, it's a different kind of conversation because the university is paid for him. Oh, okay. So there's, no, I, there's no real big push for me to be like, hey, you need to go. It's why do you want to go? And if it's a reason about whatever, then okay. But if it's about education and money and, well, you don't pay here and you get paid money to go to school in Sweden. Okay. So not different kind of, you know, situation here. I like it. Um, as a coach, what qualities should a player have in order to be recruited? So, if we're talking about getting recruited in, in, in America, yes. Uh, so, why I say to Europeans, the skills that you are needed to get to America is obviously dependent on what school you're trying to look at. That's first. Like, certain schools look for certain things. But what I say is, I need you to be really, 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 really good at two things. We can pick them two things, but you need to be really good at them two things. Because if you're very good at them two things, we can market you as a player. This is the two things they can do better than most your players. So how I was talking about it, in America, say there's, they, they always say there's loads of kids, loads of kids, right? But say there is 100 point guards. How are you going to be 101? Why are you over the... Are you the best? Is the best number one British point guard better than number... I say 100, better than number 50, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because when you go further down... It's what skill set you have is better than theirs. If you try to be across the board, you're going to lose out somewhere. somewhere. But if you are, if I say you are flat out, she doesn't miss from the three, flat out, doesn't miss. And she's a great communicator off board, not great on board defender off board. That can fit into a program. Hey, we need a shooter and someone that's great off board. Or 
she, she handles the pressure well. She can lead a team, and she can she she has a good assist turnover ratio of four to one. That's it. Now I'm selling, not selling, but we're marketing a player that can help you with a certain thing. The unrealistic thing I think is trying to make a player very good at eight things and selling that. Oh, he can shoot, he can drive, he can pass. Really? So why is he not in the NBA? Do you know what I'm saying? Like now, because I say if you talk about even when you talk about people understand, if you talk about the American kids, the guys that can do everything are in the NBA. The ones that are below are recruited to Division One schools because they have a skill set that fits perfectly for that team and it's one or two things if you have a skill set that's higher they're normally the NBA kind of guys you know what I'm saying or WNBA whatever but I say the skills that I really focus I really hone in on two and I figure out who that person is and figure out what their strengths are hone in on them too and then try to make everything else at a base level you know so you're not a liability like you could shoot the ball well but hey it gets beat all the time okay that's a problem it can it should be shoots the ball well and understands off-ball defensive positioning, so it's not a liability, but yeah. isn't a lockdown defender. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can kind of package it in a certain way. Yeah. You kind of, I got exactly. you. Car salesman, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the first steps in getting a player recruited? Uh, first steps uh, for them is they have to continue to develop to get better, you know? And next thing is you have to have good tape. You have to have, a, I say to them, like, not a highlight tape. I mean, you have to have two or three or four games where you perform your skill set that when I'm talking about it, they can see it. A two minute, three minute highlight is a, a step in the door, but that's false promises. I don't like false promises. I need like two or three good games over 40 minutes against good competition or decent competition. So when the coaches watch it, they're like, look, this is what you're going to get. So before you can even think about it, I think you need to have good, good tape, good performances so you could have a chance because they can't come to see because it's a long way. Yeah. But not many coaches will just go highlight tapes because they're good coaches that will look and see and what. So one tape's not enough because, hey, I, I can have a fucking one game really, 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 really good, but yeah. it's not. But if you have three or four and they can see your skill sets, it might not be a perfect game, but they can see, hey, he can really do this or she can really do that. And a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I think the first step is, hey, do we have good tape? Okay, great. And then we can then reach out to people. Okay, great. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've mentioned this before on the show. I've, I've always said, I always tell players, in all my years of coaching and being around basketball, I don't think I've ever, no, I'm 100%, I've never seen a bad highlight tape. I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen a highlight tape where the guy's missed it, or you <laughs> know what I mean, like crossed over and then lost the ball into the bleachers. Yeah. I've never, seen a bad highlight tape. So yeah, uh, as a coach, you know, a highlight tape only tells us so much. Okay, wow, he's got a lot of athletic plays on there. Or, you know, yeah, he's hit a couple of threes, but there's just so much more to it. So yeah, we need to have game tape. I want to see you play a quarter. I want to see your body language. I want to see how you interact with your teammates. I want to see um, all the different elements of the, not just you putting the ball in the basket or do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see, can you stop your defender or uh, stop your offensive guy or, do you know what I mean? So yeah, there's a whole lot to it rather than just a three minute highlight tape with some of the best music that you know. You know I mean? It's different. Um, can you suggest why an international player would get recruited over a domestic American player? Because the biggest thing I say is because they can do something better than a domestic, you know? And that's one key thing. So if you have a, a skill set that's better than the best domestic option they have, 
you are an option for them. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I've learned is they acclimatize or they're more mature than a, a high school kid coming out of America. Because for I'm talking of my experience, the girls would come to me at 16, so they've moved away from home for two years already. So the stuff with like getting homesick and how to deal with a new group, how to be in a different environment, how to figure out study hall, all that kind of good stuff that your parents will do for you, you're already doing that. So when you go to college, you're already one step ahead. That's one thing of an international. Next thing, you are, if you're playing at a good level, playing at a higher level than high school at say under under uh, 17, 18. Like if you're playing division one men, that's a little bit higher than high school level. You know what I'm saying? A little bit higher so that maturity of stuff that you only learn in college you have that one year before so them kind of things appeal to some of the coaches i think but the biggest one is they have a skill set that the domestic option they have doesn't have you know so you're trying to find the big but you can't find a good big and you have find a, uh you know a girl in romania six foot two she's a bear because she's taller than bear. all your five eleven options do you know what i mean yeah so, ones, but multiple people said the europeans are way more more mature and have been exposed to more, I would say, adult life. So it's a good transition to having their team. Do you know what? I didn't think about, obviously it's the, it's kind of obvious, but yeah, just understanding if we've got 18 year olds that are playing against men, obviously we're talking about high-end players now, you know, they're playing division yeah. one against pros or semi-pros. And yeah, they're going to have a lot more experience or, you know, you would imagine game experience than guys that are just playing high school. So, um, yeah, definitely a valid point. Um, knowing what it takes to be a college recruit, can you break down how much work get, goes into being recruited or getting a player recruited? As a coach or as a player? As a player. As a player, a lot. I say you have to be prepared to sacrifice a lot of your own time. So what I mean is when I put players in touch with coaches, if they say, hey, we're ringing at eight o'clock their time, and that means you're up at 1 a.m. to make the call, you take the call. How badly do you want to get recruited? Do you know what I mean? They ask you questions, do you answer it? Do you behave well, you know? Are they asking you, hey, did you watch watch their game so you can actually feel like that you fit into them? Or is it, I just really want to come to you, but you don't really know about them. Mm -hmm. Then I say, how much research did you do? Did you check their roster? Do they have any Europeans? Yes. Did you contact them and say how their experience was? No. Have you reached out saying, have they ever recruited any international players? No. Okay, so why are you looking to consider them then? I mean, or, okay, you, have you looked into the area? Okay, yeah, okay. Where, how, how close is the nearest supermarket? Oh, I don't know. Okay. So if you want to pick a school, you have to make sure we have all the information. What, well, so what do you want to do in the future? I, I want to be a policeman. Do they do that course for internationals? Oh, I, I don't know. Okay, then maybe. We, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going into it. It's little things. Do you like living oh, you, in your house? Do you share your room with your brother? No. In America, have you checked if they single dorms or shared dorms? Oh, I didn't think of that. Did you ask the coach in that conversation? Oh, no. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're recruited by nine or 10 interested schools, that's a lot of homework to do to find the yeah. right fit. One or two is a little bit easier, but if you're going to do it properly, like, you know, if you're if I ask you to watch a game tape to scout them, that's two hours, three hours. It's the same as if you're getting recruited. Surely you want to watch three, four games to be like, actually, he's playing five out and I'm on 6'11". No big gets the ball. Why would I want to go there? Do you know what I mean? So Man. I think there's a lot goes into it and the only they know. And then the way I work is the process of profiling and emailing 
they do that end. So you, I will tell you who and where, but you have to do the bulk of the work of emailing. So that could take a few hours. But for me, why do I do that? Can I do it? Yes. Can I do it easily? By different means, yes. But if you do it, surely that means you really want to go. The ones that I've said, hey, can you email this list of schools for me? Oh, have you done it? No. Have you done it? No. Okay, I'm not chasing you anymore. Why? You don't really want to go. The ones that want to go have emailed everyone at Kramesh. Have you got the next one? Kramesh, have you got the next one? I'll happily provide you all the information. And I'll happily talk to every coach for you. But I need to see. They need to see. And also, invest. they need to that. Look, this is how much they want it. Man, I love that. Oh, man, you killed that. You killed that. Um, yeah, that's so that's a lot of um, what season one was. It's just, you know, what questions did you ask? What questions do you, did you wish you asked? Um, we talk about the location in season one. Like, is it hot? Is it cold? You know, it makes a difference. If you're in um, school in Alaska, and you know, like you over there, and it's it's freezing during the winter, and you can't physically get out of of bed because you're like, you're like, nah, it's too cold. It makes a difference. Like you've got to, you know. I always said to, to I always said to guys, your location makes a difference because if God forbid your you get an injury and you're out for six weeks, and now it's just cold and dreary, like. Are you gonna be happy to be there? Or if you know you're e you get distracted easily, going to California or New York to go to school probably isn't the best idea for you. Exactly. You know what I mean? exactly. you know, party life and all the rest of it, like, oh yeah, we need your schoolwork. You know, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm in school. So yeah, there's a whole lot more to to, to think about than just, oh yeah, like I'm getting a scholarship. So no, um, exactly. Love, love, love that answer. Love it. Um, how important is education to the whole process? Massive for me, it's massive. Um, I think it's important they have the understanding of where they're going and what that what that entitles. I normally say to them, and this is no disrespect, but outside of the Ivy Leagues, the education in England, the degree holds more weight than the American one, my opinion. And speaking to other people, it does. But if you speak the right school with the right department that means it increases your probability of getting a job from that field so you gotta be smart where you're picking then the next thing is okay guys if you're deciding to go to juco okay you have to understand it's a two-year deal trying to find a four years deal to school to finish your education to get a full degree otherwise you're gonna yeah. get found but again it goes back to why you go you know if you're going there for educational purposes for a specific thing let's really find one of them schools that's known to be very good academically in america that's going to only benefit you in your future if you're going there i want to just be the pro okay maybe let's look at one that's okay academically because they'll get you through as they do most but we're putting the best position to be a professional when you finish after four years but again you still have a degree to use afterwards you know um, but I think the harder one is like the ones that end up at junior, junior college. They need to understand after two years, if you don't find a four-year school, you only have a is it associate or foundation degree, and that's yeah, not the yeah. yeah, it's not the same as a four four-year degree. So you have to be smart with that. But like again, like for me, I say to them, it's if it's poor experience and you don't mind increasing your education time, you can go say two years at GK doesn't work, you don't find another one. You can come back to England and do a three-year degree. Does it, like, you know I mean, as long as you get your education done, mm. for me, it's, it's the main thing. I don't want anyone to go somewhere just to go and then be like, my thing is, after four years, I want to know you've got a degree. Whether you play basketball or not anymore, that's on you. But if I know you've got a degree, I, I have peace of mind. Okay, at least, at least I got your education. <laughs>
I love it. I love it. Hey, give me one. Okay, so um, last one in this section. Um, I kind of, from that last response, I think I know what your, your answer is going to be. But um, would you advise, I've got would you choose, but would you advise a better basketball school or a better academic school? If I had the choice, it'd be better academic if it was an option. Um, but at the end of the day, it would be their decision to make. I would give my opinion. But I think also it has to be a, a, a good balance because no matter where they go, if the balance is uneven, they're going to struggle. So if I say, hey, pick the better academic school and the basketball isn't as great, then they're not going to do the academics as well or vice versa with the with the basketball. But if, I had the, if it was like a 50-50 choice, I want to be like, go to the better academic school. If it's way different, I could understand why they want to go to a better basketball school because that's why they go into America, really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they have to they have to know that that's their decision and what that means. Okay, love it. Um, okay, so this bit, couple next few questions are, are for the coaches. Um, how can a how can a coach aid the development of the players um, that want to play in the states? I think the biggest thing is have, spending a lot of time on the technical detail of skills, like really home on that because that's what can set you apart from someone in America. I think like there's a, I don't know what the word is, but a lot of Americans think that Europeans are very fundamental based, you know, mm. and if you go as a European, that's not fundamentally based. Like they're going to be like, that's one, like I want my say, money back. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Uh, that's that's one thing and the other biggest one i think i've had a lot of success with is spending a lot of time on technical tactical knowledge understanding the game on offense and defense because that can buy you a lot of leeway with athleticism or this or that you know like being the smarter person has a lot more value because you can make an impact more you know so they're the two ones i really home in like making sure they understand many different tactical solutions of offense and defense many mm-hmm. so they can answer them like hey what do you do with the ice and the pick and roll or what would you suggest if there's a a one three one they know like oh maybe we should try this try this and that gives me joy and then the other one is look technically we have to adapt this and this because you need to be fundamentally sound in these areas that will only help your future in these skills mm. i feel you um IQ is a big, IQ is a big um, element. And I feel like depending on where the players come from, it can really help or hinder. Do you know what I mean? Like if you've got a coach that's pretty liberal and kind of lets them figure it out and kind of challenges them, then they become really successful. As you said, even if they're not um, really athletic or they're not, um, you know, super quick or whatever. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, um, watching the old men play. You know when you see old boys play and they're not, you know, they yeah. haven't got the speed or whatever, but they make great passes and they yeah. just know where to be at the right time. Like, yeah, you know, if you're young and you get that kind of, that that knowledge IQ, man, you're doing well. So um, definitely teach, teach the kids IQ. Um, do you need to, or should you, should you in, in totality focus primarily on uh, a recruits game like their game take or their game time or practice what's more important for a recruit 
I think it's I think if you spend a lot of your time making sure they're practicing the right way, it should naturally filter into the game. I think you can tell I think coaches are smart enough to tell like a situation is forced. Like I'm trying to get you a school, so I run every pin down just for you and you shoot everything. But if you've taught them the right way, so like little things like, oh that spacing, that's good because he's been taught how to hold, when to cut, when to move. In a game, you can't just teach that. That's repetition and understanding. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's more time invested in the practice environments because I'll, the stuff that's going to translate will translate, but the stuff that you're teaching that you becomes like a second understanding, that's when you pick up on other things like the angle of screen. I mean, you can run a pick and roll, but you can only teach an angle of screen in practice. If you spend time teaching it, they'll naturally do it. So then that pick and roll looks better than hey, just let's focus on running the double horn screen, okay? But your screening is bad. You don't hit anyone. <laughs> but where I'm pretty sure if you're watching the tape and you see a guy nail a guy every time, you're like, holy, he can really screen. You're yeah, not like, yeah. oh, that's a horn set. It's like you see the skill in the horn. And you're only a good screener or that is if you work on that environment, that, that, that skill in the environment of practice. Nice. Um, very true. Very, very true. Um... You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but still try and think back to when you was a, a younger coach um, mm -hmm. and you wanted responses. Um, what's the best way to contact a college coach? Um, and like, what's the best way to of you getting your player noticed? So I think firstly, to get your player noticed, I think it, it goes on relationship with coaches. So once a coach knows you, they're more likely going to look at your stuff rather than, you know, not. Um, but one thing I, I've learned, and I, I get my players to do this as well, it's every individual email I send, it's not a blanketed email. It's not a dear coach, copy and paste to everyone. I will spend time looking at the school and the conference a little bit and try to put some context into it. Normally, it's like, now it's like, oh, I know a coach so-and-so, yeah, and they recommended you, or if, I, if it's someone I don't know, hey, you don't know me, I do this, I've done this over the last six years, these girls have gone here. If you're interested, let me know. But the reason I'm getting in touch with you is because I think she fits your style from the games I've seen before. That normally buys a little bit more. But when I first started, it was honestly like emailing each school, being like, this is what we have. Let me know. Do you want to come in? Some coaches came to visit me um, and I still speak to them coaches now. They came in year one. And I still speak to him in year eight of my life because I'm like, you invested time in me. So if I have players, I will present them to you first because you took time with me. And then where the mass spreads, um, I did camps and stuff. So I got to meet more people face to face. So that's easier. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it's like the key thing is how to talk to them. It's, it's changing every year. When I first started, it was emails. Now there's Twitter, there's Instagram, like every coach is a human that has his own way. There's no right or wrong Reference, way. Yeah. So the, like one guy was commercial you have to ring me. I was like, yeah, but you have an American number, no WhatsApp, no iPhone. I was like, this costs me a lot, but he's like, this is how I operate. I was like, okay, one guy would be like on Instagram. One, I speak just on Twitter because that's what he uses. I use, we joked the other day, I was like, I don't even have your number. He goes, oh, here you go. I only got his number and I've known him for four years, but, you know? So I think it's different ways, but the key thing is it, it's, it's not, hey, look at this, let me know if you want to. It's like strike up a conversation, see how their season's going or follow them throughout the year. So I would let coaches know if I like, hey, that was a tough loss or a great win. Or I got, I try to watch them if I can. You know, I mean? if I, 
if I care about what I'm trying to do, you have to take some interest in what they're doing, you know? And then only once they know, like, oh, that was great, it's tough. I'm, I love how you guys run the flex offense, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, we watched your tape and you run the flex offense. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Kramesh's kid was our system because we run the same styles. Like, there are some coaches that I speak to, they take, they look at my players a little bit more because they're like, we run the same kind of style in offense. Yeah, they're like, yeah, if you yeah. get on this, then she'll not, I think she could fit in with us. And that's happened with two or three girls. So, you know, it's like all them things. But how is you have to reach out, but you have to be genuine who you're trying to reach out to. Mm. You know, and then try to keep that relationship. Even if they don't take your kids, don't be like, I'm not talking to you again. It's like, okay, that's fine. It's part of it, you know, but let's keep in touch. And in the future, if something happens, I'll let you know and you let me know. And I think they appreciate that more. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Strike up a conversation rather than just selling so um yeah what's the worst thing a coach can do for a player wanting to play college ball lie to them tell them they're good enough when they're not wow. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true there are many not many I, I, I don't know but i can imagine the worst thing a player could hear is oh well, my coach said i could do it but hey you're five foot four i don't think he can like, <laughs> like don't, don't 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 tear down their dreams but be realistic hey <laughs> if I thought there was someone that wasn't of level, in my opinion, I wouldn't say no. I would be like, look, let's work on this and this. Let's put some tape together. And I will email it out to the levels, I think. If they respond back, we go from there. And if they don't, let me know. Or I will ask some coaches, I think, but like, hey, what do you think of this? They're, they're like, Kramesh, at this level, he's this, this, this. Or actually, he could do well at this level at this conference. And I say to him, what, and all the players understand, I said, whatever information we get, we use and I'll move forward with you. But I will never say I'm not going to try and help you, you know, because there is maybe a place for you. And then I also ask, how how badly do you want to go? Why do you want to go? Oh, I've always wanted to go this and that. Okay, what is your family situation? Would you consider a division three? Because it's good academics, but you have to pay for this and this. But I don't mind that one because it's a good academic, but your parents have to be on board. And then it's like, okay, how much do you pay to go to university in England? Uh, I don't know, it'd be around $30,000 a debt, pound debt over years. Well, if we can find the equivalent in America, then it's the same as going, then that's your choice. Or, but, or better financially. Yeah, exactly. But for me, the, 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 the worst thing is like, oh, I think you can go. Or come if you come here, two years, we'll make sure you're there. Why? Because it's, it's a false hope, isn't it? Like. <laughs> It's the worst thing you could do to him. Like, oh, my coach thinks I can really go. Hey, <laughs> did you start for your under-18 conference team? No, okay. I don't think Division One schools are calling you. Like, not uh, right now. The under-18s conference. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, but that's, I think that could be the worst thing a coach can do is just lie to him. I think uh, kids appreciate the truth. They might not like it, but they, they appreciate you in the long term. Um, I don't know about that, man. I'm, I'm infant infamously known as a hater you know i tell them the truth like no 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 source man i give it to them like direct and they're like oh why are you always hating i'm like i'm just trying to i'm trying to tell you the truth yeah it might not be the information it might be the delivery <laughs> yeah well yeah i give yeah i yeah it's it's blatant and ugly so um i i yeah that's probably what it is would you say that the objective of a good coach or good program is to get players to the states is that how you would rank a good program is because oh we've sent 10 players or a coach because oh i've sent nine players off in the last year 
No, I, I, I've always said the way I ranked us, and I've said it to every kid and parent that's come through us, and you can, you know, they, I think they'd, uh, they'd agree, is my, I say to them, when you come to me, if I can get you to pass your A-levels and get a university offer in England, I, I think that's successful. My job is not to lose anyone and all of you to go to university. That's that's what I define as success. So when I was at Charnwood with the girls, every girl ended up going into university. For me, that was a success. I said the bonus is you go to America if that's your dream. That's a bonus, you know. But I think what the problem is now it's it's outside looking in. Perception of other people is how many kids you sent to America. Okay, now I want to come to you. Do you know what I mean? I don't think coaches are directly like trying to recruit and force people out to America. You know, I don't, I don't see many coaches in England lying to coaches and be like, no, no, you should take him, you should really take her. Like, I don't see that. But I think I see people are making the decision based on, oh, so-and-so sent this many kids, so-and-so sent this many kids. So maybe if I go there, I will be one of them. Oh no, that kid went because he or she was this level and they worked hard for this level and they had this skill set and they got recruited. It wasn't because of X man. Yes, certain colleges or people have a higher chance of getting you there because they have a, a bigger contact list. Yeah, 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 yeah. But end of the day, if you're good enough and you show it, there are people there to help in the situation you want to go to. But unfortunately, I do think it is deemed that uh, you are more successful if you send more kids to America. I think that's what the perception is. Yeah. But I think that I don't think that if you speak to the coaches. And like I have a circle of coaches I talk to, no one's ever bragging about, oh, I send this many kids. There's never that. It's always like everyone seems to be happy for someone else when they send someone because that's good for British basketball. But like in the circle of people I know, and I know different people from different academies, no one's ever been like, hey, I send more kids than you or this and that kind of conversation. So I think it's what people are looking on the outside for. Okay. But, and, but that's with anything, isn't it? Like if you're... I don't know, you're picking, like when people first pick the football team, it's like, oh, who's winning the most? I want to support them or, yeah. you know, it, it, it's with anything you you do. So, but no, I don't think coaches are trying to say success is based on that, but it is, goes, it is hand in hand, isn't it? Like if you're doing a good job, then more will go. And we'll go, yeah, definitely. And, and, and the reason why I asked that question, especially when um, this goes out live, it's, it's, that's a big thing for parents and players because they do have that, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to here because they've sent four in the last year or they've sent nine or, do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, well, yes, maybe the connections, but it's the quality of what yeah. you're receiving and the duty of care. Because I mean, you can go to a program where they've sent a lot of players and you get left by the wayside because you're not in the starting five. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, we, no one cares. Exactly, you're not that ilk. And, but I think what I will say though, and maybe people take the wrong, but I'm not, academies or people recruiting will use that as a tool to get people to go. Mm -hmm. they, they, they'll be like, hey, in, in their presentational pitch, you'll be like, we've sent this many kids to America. And that's that's told to every kid. That's never not told to the best kid, is it? It's, yeah, if to everyone, yeah. It, it's in everyone's package. It's the same as university. Oh, everyone graduates from this course and this and that. It's told to everyone. But so subconsciously, people are using that to their benefit. So then they get it in their head. Actually, oh, they said 95% to America. 95, 100% one of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
and yep. little Johnny, little Johnny or little James only five five foot threes. <laughs> Can only dribble with our left hand. So yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, last few. All right. So your views on college ball. All right. Uh, what's your views on the different levels of college basketball? Um, do you think JUCO is bad and are or is a player a failure because they didn't go to Division One? So I don't think you're a failure if you didn't go. I don't think that at all. I think you need to go to the right level that's for you. And in America, the one benefit is there are so many different levels and so many different conferences that there's going to be something that's the best fit for you to be successful. So I don't think not going to Division One is a failure at all. I think picking the right school for you is successful. Picking the wrong school for you is a fake. So be yes. smart with you. Um, I think there are many JUCOs out there that do the right thing for the kids and prepare them academically or even lifestyle or even basketball for the next level. But there are some that aren't. But that's like with any other school. I think Division One, the the high end is very good, good level. And um, when you're creeping down to the low end, I think the Division Two situation could be a better situation for you than a lower end Division One. Um, but again, it depends what you're trying to go for, what experience you're trying to go for. But the key one I've learned is whichever program, no matter where they are, if they have a good coaching staff, they're a good program. So I would I would say to play, hey, look, they haven't won so much and this, but the staff there are the best at like making sure you have a good experience, you're well looked after, and they're very big on player development. That's worth to go there because that's a coaching staff that's trying to grow the program with the right people and trying to help you the right way. There are some programs that they're big places, but they don't, it's, oh, they weren't good in the first three games. I'll get somebody else in, come on. Yeah. And then you be careful, you know, because if you're not that ilk of player, that's your demise slowly going down. So like, you, for me, the biggest thing is, I think I, I like a lot of the levels in America and I've got friends that coach in different levels. So I respect a lot of the levels they're coaching at. But at the same time, it has to be the right level for the right player, you know? Like people forget, like everyone talks about America, but I think some there are a handful of schools in Canada that are extremely great. They're very strong academically. You know, they have a better understanding of FIBA rules and FIBA basketball. And it's a better situation for some players. But because it's not America, it's not even brought in the same conversation. But for me, it should be. There are some of them that could be are better than schools in America, you know? But again, I say to the player, it's what's right for you. You know, I want to present you with all these options. You pick which one you think is the best one. Mm, yeah, it's good. And and the reason why I ask that question, because there are a lot of kids and I'm sure you must have had yeah. a dozen in your time where you're like, hey, we've got this, these two school interested or we've got this, you know, this situation. And then they go, oh, but it's not D1. And yeah. it's like, so? <laughs> like, yeah. me, well, you're not a D1 player. So what are you telling exactly. me about? You know, exactly. UConn's I, not coming to recruit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, maybe I'm fortunate or the conversation I have early help, but I've never had an experience where players told me, no, like I should be going to this level. I had a player here last year um, in New Mexico who, 6'5", Spanish kid, and um, wasn't really athletic not really the fastest you know fastest person in the gym but iq wise pretty smart you know you could definitely some some building building blocks and you know we had a couple of schools for him naia we had d2s whatever and he was like no 
I no, he goes, if it's not do and then he chose to take a walk on spot at a D one school and pay. It was like uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, that's yeah. just I see, like especially with the boys, the boys, the boys side of things. I it, think boys are different to girls, I think. Um like I said, I had a high level player and we spoke and what's best for her and who she is. And I was like, would you prefer to be earning or waiting your time to play or play straight away? She was like, play straight away. Then I was like, I think a good division two is a better situation for you. A lot of people are like, why is she not going in? Yeah, it's not that she's not good enough, she is. But what's best for her was this and this situation. And it was a good conversation. Like I said, like I said, 30, 30 plus girls, maybe one. I think I've had to have a conversation about, okay, I think you could be, you should be here, but they thought they were here. But yeah, but for me, I could take one out of the 32, but it wasn't like a bad conversation. It was a better understanding, you know? Mm. But I think they have to be, I think there needs to be more people to telling them like, there are different levels and they're all okay. It's just what's best for you, not. Yeah. D1 and D1 is not, look at the transfer rate in America nowadays. It's too high. So that means there's too many people getting told the wrong information or too many kids that are just chasing um, D1. But okay, what's your next three years look like now? Mm. Yeah, now that you've lost a year. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, as a professional coach who is able to recruit college graduates, how often, well, I know this is your first season, but, you know, how often would you imagine um, you recruiting those international um, kids coming back? Do you know what I mean? And, and compared to... Um, the pros that you have in Sweden at the minute? So, there, there. even when we are in England, it was the same. Uh, Sweden's a very similar situation. We're actively looking at the current nationality coming back to the home league. Um, they, 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 they would be recruited really well because it's it's a it's a home nationality. So they don't take a quota of, of an international spot. So they're high, high, hot commodity in the situation of getting a good Swedish player in my team from America would only help my team, but it doesn't take away European, uh, another European spot or like an international spot. Same in, same in England. So they're highly looked after, but coaches are looking at what they're doing in, in America because there's a big thing like, yeah, you're going away, but you're not coming back any better than when you left. But the girl that stayed here or in Europe, I'd rather take her because actually she's increased as a basketballer more than you have. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. Well, like, if you're going to go and why are you going, you have to be careful when you pick the right school and you keep getting better. Because if you go and don't get better and then, I don't know, you average only two points a game in Division 2, is that better than averaging seven points in top division SBL Sweden? Maybe not. That girl's averaged seven points playing against the pros for two years. You played against 18, 19, 20-year-olds and didn't get the right system, weren't developing, and now you're the same player before you left. So they are, they are every every player that I have a list of every Swedish girl out there. So I am following, so they are recruited. You know, and same in England. If I was in England, I would have I have every girl on the list that might be graduating to reach out. Hey, what are you doing? But the other thing now, I don't know if you get this much when you speak to people, but they don't want to go back to the home country. Yeah, you do get yeah 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 yeah. Uh, you can think what, what, but explain to me why. Jamina <laughs> uh, said, "What's the difference? Like playing in in the WBBL or BBL if you're English is no different to playing in. You know, the, okay, the money might be different, but if you're not, you are the level you are." Mm, mm. Is that is the top Italian coaches ringing you? Oh no, but I think I could play. Well, if you think if you think you could play, they'll be ringing you. 
right? So be be realistic of where you want to go play. But uh, <laughs> all, all, but I have a list of all European kids coming out of college because I would a European kid again hits the, the quota of internationals that you can use and they're European so they understand they're, they're more mature they understand the FIBA rules the FIBA game many of them would have played national teams at U20s or seniors they're the ones that you are looking to pick up I would I would look at them and then then the next question is the rookie Americans as well that's the biggest question mark here like that's rolling the dice like you don't know how good they really are in the FIBA game how they translate from moving away from America because the first time they're leaving America you know, whereas Europeans have already left and come and left and come. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, 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 yeah. That, that, that side of things, I guess, I've never thought of that much because, you know, you think of everyone always going and you don't really think of, you know, Americans coming over. You just think, oh, yeah, they're pros, they're coming out of school. Like, you, you kind of lump them in the same group mentality-wise as you know, the kids that have gone, but like, no, they haven't been away. They haven't experienced life alone. It's like an additional college year. Do you know what I mean? Like they go away to college and then now they're international and now they're getting up to mischief or, you know, not saying mischief, but you know what I mean? Their, their focus might not be the same. So yeah, definitely. Um, does an extremely talented player have to play college ball in the States to be successful? No, so I'm having this conversation with one of the players I have here. She's very good. At the age of 17, she made the senior national team in the in the 12. And she's now me being here. We've spoke about different things, and she expressed maybe we look at America and stuff. And I, I asked her, I said, "Do you want to be a Euroleague player?" She goes, "Yeah, I think so." I was like, "Well, maybe US isn't the best way unless we find the right school. Maybe going to play top division France for two years is going to make you more prepared for that." You know. You can make some money and you're playing with high quality level straight away so i think if you're a high elite level player you need to really think about what you really want to do do you want to be the best like for me for the guys i joined be a euro euro cup player you already player okay then maybe it's unless you're in the power five schools conferences top level maybe it's better to go to a very good country league like france italy spain you know and go play there in the top division because you're going to be so much better as a basketballer and you're going to get paid you know or for me that or play in the top division in Sweden if you're Swedish because we can do two more years really push you but you get education paid for by the, the state as it is yeah. and push you into a team in France you know if, because you, if you're a 19 year old at the top division in your country and leading in different categories you're high likely going to be a higher level paid player than somebody coming out of college maybe didn't have the best of experience or whatever mm. so i don't think college is the best not i don't think the college is the only way if you're an elite player no okay um yeah that's that's again um a lot of these questions are just for the, the individuals that think oh there's only one way and <laughs> them understanding that hey no you can you can go over to france or spain or wherever and play and you know get a good pro um a pro career going um so yeah definitely definitely something to be uh thought about um <laughs> controversial can you give me the negatives of going to play states in america uh, going to play basketball in in america Oof. um i guess the negative is 
you're away from your family and friends you miss that kind of lifestyle that homely stuff that you don't think you're going to miss you know um the education kind of be suspect in some places you know does it translate into a degree level worth when you come for a job in England or in other parts of Europe you know um do you start to hate basketball you know because it's a different situation it's not what you think it's more demand and more expectation more of this is that something you're prepared for mentally you know um there are there are the negatives that could happen like i know so many people are like going away and then don't enjoy basketball because it's not because for them it's a business for some places they don't care about what's the best for the kid and the development blah, blah, blah. so that could that could be a negative you know um so i would say they were the the key ones i would say um but when i'm speaking to people there's more positives and negatives the most positive is like you were there i was there and when you have a chance to play in america and you see on tv and you want to do you want to live that lifestyle you know you want to be able to say i tried it at least you know so even if it is a negative at least you know yourself hey i tried because the only you've only got you got nothing to lose only something to gain that's what i say by doing it you know what i mean if it doesn't work out you didn't lose anything you come back and you do education in your home country if it works out hey you just gain more life experiences but i i don't know i think with any situation you can go to university in england and in sweden or in america and it could be negative for different reasons couldn't it yeah. But again, if you do all your due diligence, you'll know if it's the right decision for you or not. Mm, it's true. It's true. It's very true. And you know, uh, me being here in the states, there's a lot more. Um, I don't know. It, it's like being back home, and yeah, you have connections and stuff. You talk to coaches and whatever. But being here, it's like there's 50 times that amount of schools and whatever. And there's different level like oh this program's excellent this program's not as good or whatever and it just you know it, it's it's what 328 division 1 yeah yeah division 1 schools and that's just that division 1 so you know you go down and down and down there's going to be some great ones there's going to be some rotten ones there's going to be some whatever so yeah definitely um as you were saying before research research and find out what appeals to you location whatever um yeah just make it work for you um my man this is this is great i've got one last question for you before i let you go um yeah. what advice would you give to someone uh, to to an individual between the age of 14 to 8 uh, 14 to 18 or 14 to 17 who's dreamt you know who's dreamt about playing college of basketball like what would your advice be to them my biggest advice to them is what are you doing academically right now to put yourself as an opportunity or have the eligibility to go because what some people don't understand we i i send i use one of the boys i got him a, he wasn't the highest level in the academy we had but he was a very good player hard worker but he was never going to be a division 1 division 2 but he invested and he was extremely smart and got four A's at A level so i i happened to meet a coach in america who did men's and he took over a d3 school and i knew him for a few years and i said look i think i have a boy and because of his academics he got the king scholarship which covered pretty much everything which is rare in division 3 but because of his education he got to go to america 
two play basketball. And then that, I did that with two other boys and one other girl. Same situation, but they didn't get the full scholarship, but they got the scholarship for academic reasons, which made the money less, was worth the experience to go. Yeah. So I said, be 14 to 17 year old, if you want to go, people are going to tell you, you need to practice basketball, you need to get physically stronger, quicker, blah, blah, all that good stuff. But that's every player. Every player is going to do that because they want to go. But not every player is going to invest in the academics to give them that little bit edge elsewhere. You get a 13, 16 SATs, you're more appealing than the guy that got 970 and you both have the same skill set. Mm. 15, 15, 16, that gives you an edge. But also, I think it's very important at a younger age to invest in homing on in your body, being quicker, being stronger. Them things just help you in any technical tactical skill within basketball as well it's hard for me to say hey you should become a great shooter or you should get because i don't know who you're around i don't know if you can do that i don't know i don't know the whole situation that's a technical skill that i think you need to learn key one is shooting if you can shoot you have a chance with anything but other things i think you could control is you can get that extra run in the morning or run for live along or get hill sprints in or lift a little bit more more body weight stuff from a younger age you can put the extra work in academics you're giving yourself an edge like I've seen players, he's smarter, he's got a chance. Or he's quicker, he's a little bit more appealing. Yes, he's a better shooter, but that's something you should do anyway because basketball is your dream. But the, the technical skill you have to home in as he goes on, what your really strengths are going to be if you're going on my philosophy of being good at two things, you know? Mm-hmm. But the other are intangibles, aren't they? Yeah, it's, and, and I guess... To a certain extent, um, and I know we've all used the the term as coaches, the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Um, where you know you think you love the game, or you think you know because you're six nine and you know sixteen stones, sixteen and a half stones, versus you know the five ten kids who can't jump and can't move and you're like oh yeah like, i'm awesome I, I need to go to the states and whatever and then life comes around pretty quick when okay cool when you've got another when you got a seven footer there who's 18 stone uh, playing the same position that like, oh okay now am i gonna get myself stronger am i gonna find like am i gonna outsmart him in terms of all right i'm gonna use my iq over you know, yeah. his physical attributes and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's a lot of um, kind of, you know, touching on the being lied to and all the rest of it. I think uh, even our talented players, um, we don't always do a great job at saying, hey, yeah, you're talented for here. You're talented for this team. You're talented for this league. But once you go further afield, like you're just another one in the mix. Yeah. I mean, Uh Um, I I, I think we don't always do a great job at explaining that we, you know, I'm not saying you can't highlight the, you know, a player's progression or, or you can't highlight the amazing stuff that they do, but it's still, hey, buddy, cool, that's great. And when you graduate and go to the next level, you're going to start at the bottom and then you've got to work your way back up to the top again, so... Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, my man, hey, I appreciate your time. Um, it's been great, great hanging out with you, catching up with you and um, hearing your, your thoughts and views on a lot of this stuff. Um, you've been a, you've played a definitely a huge role in um, British basketball and on the, on the girls side and 
Um, wish you all the best of success um, yeah, over there. And, and it sounds like you, you've got plans for for the girls coming over to Sweden as well, getting scholarships. So I'm probably going to see a lot of a lot of girls now migrating over to Sweden. Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. We had a few reach out, and like I said, I want to be able to offer this as an avenue for the levels that I can play that are coming out. Um, it's a good start for them, you know, into their European journeys. It's a good it's a good level for them, and then also someone that knows them from when they were you know, from from England and stuff. So definitely want to be able to provide an opportunity and continue to grow in different ways for them. Thanks for having me on the Eurostep. It's been great, you know, talking to you. And I think you're going to help a lot of people. And I definitely advise kids to make sure they stay in school. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.